Hey there, and welcome to the One Church Podcast. This message was recorded live at one of our services. If you'd like to know more about life at One Church, visit us online at weareone.church or check us out on social media. Oh, lovely. What a morning, eh? Hopefully from the moment you walked in and the, the welcome you received, like hopefully there was just a sense of uh, this is a place for you. Um, my name's Stuart. Um, so we've been in the church a year and a half. It's been a weird year and a half, hasn't it? Um, so like we, you know, you assume by that point you're pretty well, but like coming through lockdown and we moved from London, um, as you can probably tell by the voice, um, not a Gloucester local. Uh, a bit of a weird London Essex mix, but I've got some London Essex people in the room, uh, and uh, we're growing. There's there's a few of us right now, and we're taking over. Um, and um, yeah, like so so just a little bit about myself and Ruth. Um, so I got saved into a church uh, at the age of 16. From 18, I started a one-year internship and never left. Um, I, I, I worked in the church um, initially as a community youth pastor, as a youth pastor, uh, led worship, and then an associate minister, just helping, just serving church and. Um, and, and we felt God just stirring us to move. We weren't sure what that looked like. Um, so we've, we've moved to Gloucester. We felt the call of God to come here to work for Simon Jarvis. Um, as you maybe know, maybe don't know, uh, he has two roles. I don't know how he does them both. Uh, but he's obviously network lead for one church, but also um, leads leadership development for Assemblies of God, which is the movement that this church is part of. There are nearly 600 churches across Great Britain. And all leadership development sits under Pastor Simon. And he is doing an incredible job. Honestly, it is, it is, it is mind-blowing, really, what, what he's managed to turn around and the culture that has shifted. And I'm privileged to, uh, to work for Assemblies of God, work for Pastor Simon, but base ourselves out of the church here. And we have loved, look, it has been a weird year and a half, terrible time to move a young family across the country away from like a family but we've found community and we've found love and we've found a real sense of home here as well and um, so we just want to thank you for 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 just being church um, like my favorite picture of church is family like church has a few different metaphors that are used in in bible but for me family is what this is um, and just take a second to look around uh, just go have a, I, I bought a person next year you're a weird family aren't you that is a weird family. This is a weird room of people. No offense. You may, you may feel it. You may rebuke that. But let me tell you, it's weird. But that's the beautiful thing about church. There is nowhere else where this, I'll say it one more time, weird mix of people can sit in one room, but be of one heart, be of one mind, and be, a, be of one purpose. It doesn't exist outside of here. Young, like, you know, young people gathering down the front, kids being looked after, and, and not just looked after, uh, raised brilliantly across um, in, the, in the annex as well. Like, what happens in this room is just, is just amazing. Um, but the truth is, if you are here for the first time, welcome, thank you for coming, and yes, it is a bit weird. Like, yes, you've walked in and someone gave you a massive smile when you came in, didn't they? They're like an awkward smile and you just like smiled through and like kind of came to your seat. Yes, we've just made you sing karaoke uh, for like 20 minutes. But like you feel it, didn't you? But really, you know, we're singing words off the screen. Yes, like someone you've never met before um, is going to attempt to share something from the Bible and encourage you. Like it's a, it's a weird environment. And sometimes when you've been in church a long time, you forget that. But the truth is, you know, if you're here for the first time, you, you have chosen the right thing to do with your Sunday morning. You're in the right place. I believe God has a plan for you. And, and there, is, there is no better place for you to be today. 
Uh, and I just want to communicate something on that. Um, something that we've been talking about um, for the last five weeks. We've been talking about servanthood, which again, I'm gonna, it, it, it's a strange thing to emphasize because when you're you know, outside a church, serving and servanthood is something that is done to you when you're doing well in life. Like, we, we like to be served by, like, polite waiters at nice restaurants, don't we? We like to go on all-inclusive holidays and go, God, the customer service was amazing. Like, they looked after me. You know, like, when you've gone on, like, your little self-catering holiday, turns out the customer service isn't so good. Like, when you're, you know, when, you, when you're able to go away for an all-inclusive, you know, you, you get the, the good treatment. Or, like, you know, you pay a little bit more for the insurance company that isn't going to leave you on hold for three hours just because you want to, like, make a claim. You pay a bit extra for the ones that have the good customer service. Like, service is something that is done for you when you're doing well. But we've spent five weeks and we're going to go six weeks talking in church about how we should be and can be and will be better servants. Like it's a bit of a strange thing to emphasize, but, but the truth is that right from the start, Jesus set his church up to look like that. Jesus set the church up to look like people who serve and people who love. And maybe that's been your experience of church, and maybe it hasn't. But the truth is, church was always meant to be a place where, where, there, was, where there was mutual love, there was mutual service, and where nothing was, was too difficult to ask. And, and I'll come to um, uh, Matthew chapter 20. And this is Jesus uh, speaking. It says this in Matthew chapter 20, verse 25 to 28. It's on the screen, but if you've got your Bibles, feel free to follow as well. Um, Jesus called them together and said, you know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them. So you know that the people outside of the church, the way that they act is, you know, profile and, and lording it over and, and prestige and position. That's what's important. And their high officials exercise authority over them, but not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great amongst you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first must be your slave. Just as Jesus, the Son of Man, did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Amen. The Son of God, Jesus Christ himself, came to earth and the example he set wasn't, I'm better so you serve. It was, I serve. And it's the better way. That's the example. That's what he established in church. Have we got any parents in the room? Right. To, to serve and not be served, that's basically the mantra, isn't it? That's, that's, that is the motto of being a parent, isn't it? Like To serve, to give, to look after and not really get much back. That's basically, I think that's parenting. Is that like, it's my experience anyway. Like we might, we might set the kids some chores, but listen, they're young, like we're not doing, really it's, you know, we used to be able to sweep the floor like, I don't know, once a week. And, and even then it would be, you know, like there wouldn't be much. Like 10 times, like how do, they, how do they make that much mess? Like laminate flooring and children is just, it's just an awful combination. Um, like they try, you know, like bless them. Like so, like um, uh, so for my birthday uh, back in October 29th, um, if you want to <laughs> pop it in. Uh, it's a while away, but you know, just put a reminder. Um, for my birthday, they, they, they uh, did breakfast in bed for me, which is stunning, isn't it? Um, and so my choice of breakfast, I like a savoury breakfast. Like I reckon I'd go for like a, like a sourdough toast with uh, smashed avocado, a bit of uh, smoked salmon, poached egg, some chilies and coriander. Like, that, that's like, that's breakfast in bed. Um, what I received was their, what they 
would like as breakfast in bed, which was a, um, a Pop-Tart, remember those? <laughs> Chocolate Pop-Tart, uh, with basically an entire bottle of treat strawberry sauce kind of emptied on top, um, marshmallows, sprinkles, and no one is ready for that sugar rush at the start of a day, not even on your birthday, like, you know, you're like forcing some down. But like, you know, it's, it's their attempt, but parenting really is this kind of serve, not, not be served lifestyle. And, you know, even if you're not a parent, you've, you've, you've had parents and, and you've understood, you know, this, this kind of relationship that's there. Um, but I think it's just a really beautiful picture of, of, of Jesus, this idea that, you know, really we are, we're offering our little Pop-Tart and, and, you know, he's, he's just pouring and, and, you know, some of the stuff we've sung this morning of just like what he does for us and, and, and how much he's kind of changed us and, and all these different things. And we're just giving him a little like strawberry sauce covered pop tart. But like, really, that's, that's the beautiful part of that. Like you, he, he sees the service. He sees what you give. He sees what you are and he loves it. He really does more than I love that pop tart. Um, yeah, so today what I want to talk about really is, is just, to, just to build on this idea of, of, of servanthood and serving that we've been talking about um, over the last few weeks. And, um, and I think what God's really been speaking to me about is, is this, is that we live in a, in a highly self-orientated time. Like today, more than, you know, more than any other time, we live in a time that focuses in really on self. You know, we talk about um, like loads of different things, but I think that that's been compounded and exaggerated by lockdown, by COVID. It's been a time when we all withdrew, you know, because we had to, because the rules came in. It's been a time when, when our worlds, you know, got, got really small. You know, lockdown had some positives, don't get me wrong. Like, we all got incredible tans in 2020, didn't we? Do you remember that? Lockdown the first, like the sun. Stunning! Everyone's garden, yeah, just like your garden game. If you're fortunate enough to have one, that that like up to a million, like and you're like we were tanned. It was amazing. Like you know, we we had um, you know like Zoom, not all awful. You know, some of that remote working, like you know, we were all getting creative for like different things. In London, I, I met my neighbours, <laughs> and they didn't try to like rob me or anything. Like it was, we we clapped the NHS and we waved, and it was like it was really. It's really good. And actually there was this sense, there was, there was definitely like a sense of community and you know that kind of thing. But really lockdown came with some massive negatives as well. I think like it raised our, you know, we closed our doors. We closed our homes to others. Like we raised suspicion. Do you remember like when you're walking in the supermarket and someone like coughed near you? You know, like bad people stay away. Two meters, two meters, you know. You know, and then that kind of thing. And like someone would like pick up a packeted good and put it back down. And you'd be like, oh, I can't touch that. Might, might catch it. And like the ridiculousness of how small our worlds became and how, how, how fearful. And, you know, and, and, the, and you know, some of us, like the introverts, tasted that sweet, sweet taste of not needing an excuse to not go out. Like, oh, oh, good days. Like, you know, but, but actually what that did is it, you know, we replaced in-person, face-to-face stuff with online. And some of that was good, but some of that, you need to eyeball someone. You need to open your home. We need to, we need to bring our lives out again. We need to, you know, some, certainly in my old church, you know, we, we led church for, uh, you know, the first part of lockdown. And people who laid down what they'd, be, what they'd been serving on in church and just never picked it up again. Because, again, they'd tasted that, oh, online church, this, you know, this works for me. Or, you know, th- th- these kind of things. And as I said, I think it's compounded that self-orientated life that, you know, that, that I think we live in already. And nothing speaks more of it than, uh, than the selfie, I think. So the selfie, like, hands up who has taken a selfie in the last week. 
No, this, no, no condemnation. It's all right. Last um, month, you reckon? Yeah, most of us. It's, it's such a normal thing. Did you know the word selfie was only added to the dictionary in 2013? It's only been around like nine years. It just wasn't a thing. Um, hundreds of millions of selfies are taken every single day. Over 400 people have died taking selfies since 2011, which is not how you want to be entering eternity, is it? You don't want to be getting to heaven. Oh, how did, you know, what happened? Yeah. <laughs> and, and this won't surprise you. Men, three times more likely to die taking a selfie. Men are idiots. That's basically like what the, it's true as well. No one, there's no one in the room who's surprised by that fact. Um, but like selfies, uh, we got a photo. Um, this is the original selfie. Mr. Bean, this is the original selfie. But see, where selfies started was like it was a joke in a TV show, really, about someone who didn't have people around him, you know, to be in the photo. So it was that. But really, like, this has just become part of our life. It's just become part of everything. Because, you know, we talk about self care, self promotion, self preservation, self image, self identification, my life, my body, my rules, me, myself, I. And listen, some of that's good. Please hear me. Some of that's good. Self care. You know, self-development, selfies. I like a selfie. We need self. You know, some of this stuff's good, but we can't let that creep into our Christian lives. We can't let that creep into our followership of Jesus because Jesus has a better way. Jesus has a better way than just self. It's others and it's community and it's family. And that, I believe, is what he calls us to. And we can't let... And, and listen... I'm not just talking about this church, I'm talking about church as a whole, but this lifestyle, I think we can allow to creep into our church life. You know, self-preservation over lockdown, I was, you know, this church was incredible, I think, in, 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 in how, how we broadcast and how we, how we made sure that our message didn't say small, but a lot of churches went into a self-preservation mode, survival mode, close our doors, keep our, look after our own, and we forgot that we weren't called just for our own. Like the, the consumer culture side of church, that can creep in the, I like this, I don't like that. I like this service time, that one's a bit difficult. I like that preacher, I don't like that one. I like it when that person's leading worship, or I like that song, or that made me feel, and we make it all about I, forgetting there's a whole room of people here who, you know, and, and this, this is what church should look like. Different, different ages, different cultures, different ethnicities, just everything. This is what church, this is what kingdom is, and you need to accept you ain't the most important. You're not. It's, it's, it's us. We're in this together. Families, uh, you know, we, we, we work on this. The convenience culture of church, you know, online was definitely easier, wasn't it? Except when you were trying to watch it with kids. Oh, just lock them in a room. It was so hard, wasn't it? Like, you're trying to focus and you're trying to, you know. And th- there was an ease to it. But, but life isn't just meant to be convenient. The call to others and the call to love um, is, is the Jesus way. And yeah, and, and, I just, and I just want to speak in that. I've just got, um, just got three things, really, just as I, um, just as I kind of bring it um, in, really, today. And um, I've called this message um, this, uh, that the Jesus way is less selfie, more selfless. And I just want us to just focus in on this just for a little bit, because it's a bit of a check. Like, if you're here for the first time, I'm speaking to you. But if you've been a Christian for years and years and years, I just want to speak to us as well today, because sometimes we can lose the selflessness within the selfie. Um, and uh, yeah, I, that's, that's just what I want to speak about. Um, I am a terrible gift buyer. <laughs> terrible gift buyer. My wife Ruth is sitting on the front row. She's not even pretending uh, like, she's not even like 
disagreeing. She's just, she's just nodding along. Like, I have flamed out hugely on many gifts on many occasions. We've got to the point where Ruth basically either um, writes a list or just buys herself gifts and puts them away. She's like, this one, this one's for Christmas. I'm like, great, one less. Um, like I had, uh, like, the, 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 the early days, there was a necklace, never saw the light of day. Like, I, I really liked it. I really thought this was a winner. Um, literally, I, I don't know if you still got it. She still got it. Uh, this, this has sat in a drawer for 13 years. That's impressive, isn't it? Uh, there was a necklace, and uh, there was a watch. Like, uh, the watch was a bad one, but the worst one came last year, last Christmas. Um, uh, I, I thought she... Right. Anyone seen the Great British Sewing Bee? Anyone like that? That's a decent show. Um, Ruth was watching it, and um, she, she made the mistake of passing a comment. She went, oh, you know what? I reckon I'd quite enjoy sewing. Logged it. Opened up my notes, made a little note on it. Ruth, sewing, tick. Um, searched on Facebook Marketplace, searched for ages. Actually put quite a lot of work into it. Um, found this sewing machine, bought like a sewing kit, like that kind of thing, and like wrapped it all, presented it on Christmas Day. And uh, you know how sometimes you, you, you can conceal how you're really feeling with your face? It wasn't one of those days. Uh, it was Christmas morning and um, absolutely like, you know, instantly knew this one, this one. And, and we unpacked it a little bit, and, and not, not the gift, that stayed in its box. We unpacked the, the situation, and Ruth just went, fairly, what? we got three kids. When did you think I'd have time to sew? I'm like, yeah, no, fair point, really, yeah. Like, and she was like, well, in a different life, with no kids, maybe then I'd enjoy sewing, but right here, right now, like, this is, like, so Ruth sold it, made more money than I bought it for. So, happy ending, really, and then, like... Yeah, moral of the story. Probably just give her cash next year because that's the safest, like, <laughs> the safest, most romantic way of doing these things. Um, but the truth is, like, my heart was always in the right place with those gifts. Like, the, the, the outcome wasn't great, but the, the act of giving and the act of serving and the act of trying to give a gift was in a, was in a good place. And, and I think this, what I want to talk to you today is, is really heart. It's like, where's our heart today in our followership of Jesus? Where's our heart today in our, in our service? Um, because like uh, uh, Pastor Nathan last week was speaking about you know the recognition side of when we serve when we serve do we seek recognition or how do we feel when we don't get it and I just want to kind of build on that a little bit this week and so I've got just three points um, as we as we close today and the first one is this is that selfless service doesn't seek personal gain Selfless service doesn't seek personal gain because it's easy to talk about, oh, be selfless, you know, but like we need to kind of narrow in on this a little bit. And I just want to come into John 13. Um, a few weeks ago when Pastor Lisa uh, Daniel started this series, she, she taught from John 13 on uh, Jesus washing the disciples' feet. And I just want us to jump back in there. For anyone who wasn't there, I'm not going to read the whole story. Um, but what it was is the night before Jesus knew he was going to give his life and he knew he was going to heaven, the night before that, um, he was having a Passover meal with his followers, with his disciples, who he knew he was going to leave and entrust building church and, and launching church in their hands. And at that night, he could have done anything, but he chose to do something incredible. And that was at one point in the meal, it says that he took off his outer robe, he tied a towel around his waist, and he washed their feet. Now, washing feet, obviously, we don't really do that now. And, and even that, like, it grosses me out even today. But like, back in the day when, when you're wearing sandals and you're walking through, you know, sandy, 
camel poo ridden, you know, streets. Foot washing was, was the lowest, you know, one of the lowest jobs you can do. And Jesus lowered himself to do that job. But when you look at that story, as I said, it was the night before he was going to give his life. Now, if I was Jesus, which thank God I'm not, uh, I would have done it at the start when I first met the guys. I'd have gone, hey guys, this is what we do. And I'd have done it once, but then after that, I'd be like, Come on, we, you know, I've taught you this, you know, we wash each other's feet. But he didn't. Jesus saved that for the night before he gave his life, knowing that nothing was going to come back for him. There was no benefit in this for him. What he was doing is he was teaching a better way. He was teaching the way that he spoke about of, yeah, the Gentile leaders and, and those outside of here, they lord it over and they, they no, but for us, this is what we do. We serve each other. This is what we do. We get our hands dirty in other people's like, situations. This is what we do. We, we love through our actions. And, and I, look, I look at it as like Jesus' legacy gift. A legacy gift is a gift that you give when you, when you leave this earth. And I believe Jesus' legacy gift to his church was to set us up. I mean, there was salvation. And there's a lot of other things. But in this instant, it was to be a church who serves, to be a church who doesn't mind getting its hands dirty, to be a people who demonstrate love. That was Jesus. He, he could have done anything on that night. If, he could have been so consumed with self, knowing that he was what he was going to endure the next day. He was just about to give his life. He was just about to endure this, this horrendous death. And in that moment, he chose to set us up for the better way, which is serving. He's good, isn't he? <laughs> he really is. Second thing is this, is that selfie service is task-based, but selfless service is love. Is love. I didn't say is love-based. It is love. And, and what I mean by that is this, is that when, listen, there's, there's some people were here at 7.30 this morning, <laughs> setting up, getting, getting things, they, they, some people do it multiple times a month. 7.30, on their day off, making this happen. It's crazy, isn't it? But there's a reason, you know, there's a reason. It's because they love the house. It's because they love church. So they love you, even though they, they haven't met you. And they're doing it to set a platform so that this can happen. Incredible. Some people are out, you know, working on the streets with homeless people from this church. Some people are out, you know, kind of gathering and being next to people as they, as they depart from this earth, kind of giving their time. Like, there are some incredible things, tasks that happen. But the truth is that um, you can grow weary in doing that. The Bible says, do not grow weary in doing good. Because the truth, we, we can lose ourselves sometimes in the doing and forget the reason. And the reason is, is, is Jesus, isn't it? And, and selfie service is, is a job, it's an act, it's a chore. But serving and loving Jesus is more than that. It's, it's a lifestyle of love. Love is a verb. Love is a doing word. It's, a, it's an act. It's a demonstrating our love and doing it from the right place. Um, in 1 John chapter 4, uh, verse 7 to 10, again, this one's going to come up on screen. Um, it repeats love and God a lot. So bear with me because it's, it's an incredibly powerful scripture. It says this, Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God. Because God is love. And this is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. 
Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. It's beautiful. That, that God didn't just leave his love as a thought. He enacted it by sending his son Jesus to give his life so that we can have fulfillment, so that we can have purpose, so that we can have relationship with him. And as his followers, it's not enough to say that we love and not enough to think that we love. Love isn't just a thought. Love is an act. Love is an action. Love is us demonstrating the love that we believe that we have as an action. And I just think that that's the selfie side is I do a task. The selfless side is I love because I am loved. And I'll show that. And, that, and, that's, and that's the love. And as I said at the beginning, this may be your thought of church, but the truth is you may have had a completely different experience of church. You may, you may have a different thought of what church is. The truth is that church, when it's in its, its intended form, is just the most beautiful picture of love. One of my, one of my favourite thoughts of church is if you could click your fingers and everyone in this room jumps back to what they were like before they knew Jesus. Can you imagine the carnage? Can you imagine, like, some people in here would be, like, nicking stuff. Some people in here would just be, like, kind of stumbling. Like, imagine the carnage if this room just, like, went back to what you were like before you knew Jesus. But, so, so if you're new here and you're feeling, like, a little bit out of place because everyone seems like they've got it together, number one, they haven't. And number two, trust me, if you knew them before they knew Jesus, if you knew them before Jesus had done a work on their life, goodness me, move away. Honestly, it's, we look, you know, because cause we're all at a different stage in our journey. And if you're here for the first time, you might be at the start of that journey, but there's a journey ahead of you that transforms you into the image of Christ. And the way that we're transformed, it's not just by receiving the love, it's by enacting it. And it's this selfless life that Jesus calls us to, transforms us, changing us changes us, and is the better way. And as believers of Jesus, like, we, we can't allow ourselves to slip back into the, the, the consumer, receiver, you know, self. Because, listen, I'm, I'm preaching to myself here. You need to understand, I'm preaching to myself here. Because when you look at what the last two years has done to us, as, you know, it has made our lives smaller. It has drawn us in. It, we, we've tasted, you know, what it's like just to sit at home and do, you know, <laughs> do very little... But the, 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 the way that Jesus is calling us to is a life of selfless, sacrificial service. And important to say, I'm not just talking. I am talking about serving in church. You like, listen, everyone in this room, there is a role for you within this church. Please understand that. Church is not a stand and deliver and, and sit and receive. Church is everyone, everyone enacting the, the call of God on their life. Okay, so um, that, that is true. But the other thing I'm talking about is outside of this, this, this building, <laughs> outside of this building, there is, there is a, a neighbor, there is a work colleague, there is a family member, there is someone that God is, is, is calling you to demonstrate love to. Not just think, oh, it's a pity. Not just think, oh, it's someone, to actually demonstrate the love that God has put in your life. So just a question on that one is what act of service could you do this week that would demonstrate the love of God?
just a challenge for everyone in this room. What act of service could you do this week that would demonstrate the love of God? Um, and to finish, uh, my last point is this, is that selfless service is a response. Selfless service is a response. Um, in Matthew chapter 8, uh, verses 14 and 15, um, there's the account of Jesus coming to one of his disciples, Peter. And Peter was the only disciple who was married, or we think, at the time. Um, and Jesus comes into Peter's home and it says he saw Peter's mother-in-law uh, lying in bed with a fever. He touched her hand and the fever left her and she got up and began to wait on him. She got up and she began to wait on him. And there's this moment where Jesus steps into her life and he touches her, he heals her, and she gets up. Now listen, if I've just had a fever, even if I've just been healed and like miraculously all left, I'm still going to sit around feeling sorry for myself. I still want a bit, you know, you're going to egg it a little bit, aren't you? Like, you know, like, I'm not saying a fake illness ever to get out of parental responsibility. But I'm just saying, like, you'd, you'd stretch it a little bit, wouldn't you? But it says that immediately uh, she got up and she began to wait on him. And, and I think it's just because she was so thankful. You know, the gratitude of Jesus seeing her, healing her, her response was, here I am. Her response was, I'm here. What can I do for you? Can I, can I get your tea? Hey, can I, can, you know, her response was to wait on him. And it's a beautiful moment. And I just, you know, again, in church, our service or this life that God has called us to it has to be a response to what God is doing on the inside it has to be a response of who God is because otherwise it becomes task based very quickly you know if we're just filling a role but if you recognise that God has come into your room he's touched you he's raised you then what other response do we have but to say Jesus here I am Jesus here I am and I think on that as well the the other thing I I felt God saying is there are people in this room who are being held back from entering into this life of of selfless service that we've been talking about there are people it might be a sickness um, it might be it might be uh, a mental illness it might be um, bitterness unforgiveness it might be a loss of trust to church but there's something in your life that's holding you back like like Peter's mother-in-law laid out you can't get yourself up but I just want to say today's the day that God wants to release you into a life of selfless service so that's 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 the message but I just want to end with two questions I'm just going to ask if everyone just wants to close their eyes um, and I just want to ask a question to those who are here and you'd say either that you know that that, that um, you would say that you're you're not a Christian you know maybe you're here for the first time or you'd say you don't have a relationship with Jesus but there's something in this morning that has spoken to you there's something in, in maybe the, the, the welcome you received when you got here, a conversation you've had or the, the time of worship where we're singing and, and declaring who God is or something that I've said um, in this message. And today you're saying, I want that. I, I want to know Jesus and I want to know a life with him. Hey, if you're here, can I just ask you just, just to raise your hand because I just want to know who I can pray with and we're going to pray together. Thank you. Bless you. Thank you. Amazing. Amazing. Anyone else? Is there anyone else who today just says, hey, 
Jesus, I'm good. Oh, I just want to give it a go. I want to follow you. Bless you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hey, if you raise your hand, I'm going to pray a prayer. And I want you to, to kind of pray along with me in your heart. And we're going to amen at the end. We say, Jesus, I thank you that you walked into this room today. That you've touched my life. You've raised me with you. And now I choose to follow you. I give you my life. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Hey, if you, if you prayed that prayer with me, here's, here's just what I want to ask you to do. Um, just If you came with someone who's part of the church, just tell them, hey, I prayed this prayer. <laughs> what does it mean? You know, what, 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 what could a next step look like in that? Or if you came on your own and, and you don't know someone in the church, then if you head to the back where it says the lounge, please just head over there, find someone in the team, and they would love to just talk to you about what it means to, to make that decision and to start a journey with Jesus. Um, and the last thing I want to do is this. I just want to ask us as a, us as a church, you know, for, for a check really today, where's our hearts in our service? You know, is there something holding you back from serving in the full? Is there, or, you know, or are you involved in serving Jesus, but actually your heart is, is, is journeyed over to, to a job or a task or a rotor position rather than a love and a response like you know let's have a little check on ourselves today is God saying hey it's time to dust it off and get going again or time to renew time to step in time to live that life of selfless love hey if that's you in this room I'm just going to ask you to stand and I'm not going to pray we're going to sing you're worthy of it all again and we're going to take that as a moment to rededicate recommit ourselves and just ask God hey God do something in me today is there anyone in this room, if you want to stand with me, I'm standing personally. Why don't we stand? If that's you and you want to say, Jesus, it's you again. I give it to you again. And let's sing.